0: Hey everyone, you are listening to Medical Melanin, a podcast for all things medical. This is your host, Dr. Dominice Carey, family nurse practitioner, bringing you all kinds of things related to medicine, nursing practice, the professional field, and more. Hey, everyone. You are listening to Medical Melanin, and this is your host, Dr. Dominice Carey. Today, we are sitting down with Felicia Jean-Lewis, and I'm very excited for you guys to hear from her. She is so fun and a great time and very educated on her topic. I do want to give a bit of a warning that this topic can... Be sensitive for some, we are going to be discussing sexual health and sexual topics today. So if that is not something you're comfortable with, or if you have a immature audience around, you may want to listen to this episode at a later date, which is perfectly fine. But if you're ready, let's dive on in. I'm not going to give too much away. Just get straight to the interview. Go ahead and introduce
1: yourself. Hi, my name is Felicia Jean-Lewis. I'm a Pure Consultant and senior director board of directors with the company and stay at home mom and creator of the whole shebang and a Virgo and I like <laughs> long walks on the beach and I really do that's not like a cliche like I really like the beach it's real it's real
0: let's talk a little bit about pure romance because that's how I met you but how did you get into that and I I know you've told me before about like how long have you been doing it
1: yeah. Um, so 16 years in business, 16 and a half, almost 17, actually, July, June, June and July will be my um, 17th year in business. Um, I started originally as a Ball State student. I was going to school at Ball State University for my bachelor's degree in psychology. Um, at that time, I thought I wanted to work with children. Um, I thought I wanted to be like a child psychologist or, um, a child therapist. And then I very quickly learned that that wasn't what I wanted to do. <laughs> um, as I started shadowing and, um, and I, I realized that I didn't want like quick fix things. Like I wanted to stick, like help people and stay with people. If that makes sense. Um, I didn't want to test people and, and send them on their way. Like I really wanted to, to help people. and so. I did finish um, with my bachelor degree in psychology and then I had decisions to make. So at that point I had been doing parties for two years. Um, so the pure romance was a perfect job while I was going to school because I would, um, I was working six jobs too at the time because I was paying for my school and my drinking and all those things are very expensive. And so I had six jobs. So I worked at uh, a daycare. I worked at the school psychology clinic. I worked at Carino's. I worked at a factory. I was like the maintenance person. Um, I sold Avon. I was a model, like a promotional, like to be clear. And let's just point this out. Um, I was a plus size model because I was a size 10. Let's just sit on that for a second. And my job as a model was to try to get people to sign up for credit cards. It was the devil's work. It was the devil's work. (laughs) So all these jobs and then pyramids came along. And, um, this woman, I I went to a party and I'm like, wow, this is like really fun. I thought it was going to be like, if you've seen old school, the blowjob parties in the beginning of the movie, super embarrassing. Like not what I do. But I, I remember seeing that part of the movie and I'm like, Oh my God, is this what I'm about to go to? Am I about to go to a blowjob party? And they're going to like teach me how to do things to a rubber wiener. Like what's happening. So I was terrified to go to my first party. And then I realized it was classy and educational and funny. Um, and so I booked a party and then the party that I booked the lady who did the party, she was like, Felicia, I just made $500 off of you and your friends in three hours. And I remember just being blown away because of my six jobs, none of them (laughs) brought in that much money, even in a week, like I was working all these jobs and I'm thinking I'm working my brains out for, for that kind of money. And she just made that in three hours, kept her clothes on. And like, we got orgasms. Like this sounds too good to be true. So I, I signed up and I started and I worked all my jobs while I was going to school. And this one was my favorite because it fit in all of my nooks and crannies of time. And every time I did a party, so I originally started for the money, right? My mind was like, how can I make this money? But then as I started doing parties, I started realizing like, wow, women really don't know a lot about their bodies. Women really don't have a place to talk about this stuff. Um, And they're having a good time and they're spending a lot of money And I'm making good money, but I'm like, it's filling my heart. Like it, it really, again, going back to that, I like to see people get better. I like to see people confront their challenges and grow from it. And that's what happens at a party. I give people permission to love themselves or permission to explore their bodies um, and then communicate their wants and needs with their partner. And I think nobody's getting that anywhere else, you know, Um, maybe on YouTube, I don't know, but (laughs)
0: Not existing. No, you're right. You're right. I mean, so I'm sure someone's listening and like, okay, this is a medical podcast. Like, why are we talking about this? But this is such a big thing um in medicine. And there is not an area really for women to ex- express themselves, explore these topics. Um, I mean, more recently, we have more like sex therapists and all those kind of things. But for the longest time, there really wasn't. So um, I think it's great what you do. And it's such a good connection point for people like me or other providers doing different things. Cause you really have like all the context, all the resources.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I, I mean, I, for the last 16 years on average, have been giving three parties a week. Sometimes there's five, sometimes there's one, um, but an average of three parties a week. And if you think of 10 women at each one of those parties on average, that's a lot of women that I've talked to. and I don't always have the answers. I think the world doesn't have the answers sometimes, right? Like I think women, women come to me and they'll ask questions about pain during penetration or lack of sex drive or lack of lubrication or um, intimacy post-cancer treatment or menopause. So many questions about menopause right now, or PCOS or endometriosis. And it's not that they're coming to me asking for answers. They're coming to me to know that they're not alone and to know that there are places that they can go. So then referring them to somebody who can help with figuring out their problems or referring them to, um, somebody who can talk to them, right? Like, so referring them to therapy, the sex therapists, I think there are only, it's been a while since I've actually looked, I want to say there's only like three or four in Indiana, um, wow. because to become a licensed sex therapist is such a feat. It's, it's, near impossible. I mean, it's so much work and so many hoops to jump through. And so, um, I am a certified sex educator, um, sexual educator through pure romance. And there are people who are like certified, but, but yeah, finding like an actual sex therapist is, is quite a challenge. Um, but yeah, so I think, I think there, there are resources available. Women need to know those resources. And that's a lot of what I do is give them the tools and the resources I want to get into like the sex education piece because even myself, I mean,
0: I talk to people about uncomfortable things all the time. But then, like my own personal things, like that, even makes me uncomfortable. So, how do you like warm those people up at your parties to get them to <laughs> get them
1: to talk? I touch them. No, <laughs> I'm kidding, but I'm not kidding. Um, I, <laughs> I, um, I mean, at my parties, I, I make it fun. I, I think this topic, when you're talking about sex, if you're not laughing about it or having fun, it can be very wildly uncomfortable. Um, and and so I think bringing humor to it and giving people a chance, there's also usually drinking the more people drink, the funnier I am. It's just what happens. Um, also I I think I, I give very factual information and that makes me credible, but it also makes me trusted. Um, I use correct terminology when I'm talking about the body, I make sure to say vagina and vulva and explain the difference. And I tell them where their clitoris is. I have a 3d model of the full anatomy of the clitoris that I share at my parties because nobody's talking about that stuff. And nobody knows about that stuff. I have so many women who leave my parties thinking, Or or they'll say, they'll say, you know, I was just coming to this party. I thought it'd be fun, but I actually learned some things and I can't wait to try these new things, um, which feels so good. So my parties are generally based around the sexual response cycle, which is how your mind and body respond to intimacy. Um, there are so many models of the sexual response cycle. There's like a three-phase model and a five-phase model and a seven-phase model, and there's even a model that just looks like like a brain, just like all scattered everywhere, which is probably the most realistic model of how we respond to intimacy. Um, because it is there, it's multifactorial, right? Like there's no linear path to orgasm, unfortunately for most people, maybe men, maybe, maybe, but (laughs) possibly. (laughs) Um, but I focus on the three phase model at my parties because it's a little more simple and all of our products fit into that three phase model. Um, which is desire, arousal, and orgasm. So desire being that psychological wanting to be intimate, that sex drive, your libido, um, and a lot of stuff plays into that. That's actually probably the number one thing that people ask me about or talk to me about is sex drive Um, because our sex drive is not constant. It's constantly changing. Sometimes we want it more. Sometimes we want it less. Um, A lot of times people are in relationships with somebody who have a very different sex drive and that's called mismatched libido, which is incredibly common. Um, But, and there are ways and products and um, communication that can help to meet kind of in the middle with that. Um, But desire, right? So stress levels can change our desire. Hormone levels can change our desire, life events, having a baby, breastfeeding. Um, I mean, all of these things can affect our sex drive. And interestingly enough, if we talk about like medication that helps people with sex drive, there are hundreds, hundreds for people with a penis. And I think there are three right now for women, um, or for people with a vagina, which is sad, (laughs) right? So we have like Um, We have some work to do on that front as well. So we talk about desire, sex drive ways to love on yourself. I think women in general take care of everything and everyone else. And so we have a lot of like self-care love products. So a shaving cream that doesn't give you irritation and body sprays with pheromones and lingerie and things that we can do for ourselves to love ourselves so that we have a higher sex drive. Um, The second phase, that we talk about is arousal and that is the body getting physically aroused. My favorite thing to educate women on, um, when it comes to arousal is vaginal tenting. So first we talk about how the blood rushes throughout the entire body and your skin is more sensitive to touch. And, um, when blood is rushing throughout your entire body, you lose inhibition, right? Cause your brain doesn't have as much blood. And so you're like, it anywhere you're more likely to try things those new things are going to be fun um for people with a penis a lot of foreplay is important too because more blood can reach extremities that would be better erections right so um and I think that's important to say and to tell people especially people with a penis because sometimes, Our foreplay is like the Bermuda triangle, like left boob, right boob bowls, the whole right This triangle of love right here. Um, we need, we need more foreplay. We need more love all over the body to figure out those hotspots and erogenous zones. Um, and, and sometimes that, that like more time can help with that. Um, the vaginal tenting for women average unaroused vagina, roughly about three inches deep. Once it becomes fully aroused, it expands and it widens to allow for more comfortable penetration. That's what vaginal tenting is, but it doesn't happen instantly. Our vaginas are not like penises. The wind blows right for a penis and it's like, where do I stick it? Right. Totally different because we have different equipment. So for us, we need about 12 to 20 minutes for people with a vagina. We need 12 to 20 minutes before that comfortable penetration can occur. And I think more people need to know about that right now. Does it take 12 to 20 minutes for everyone? Hell no. Like there are women who are like, I think about Channing Tatum and I have ready to go. Right. But, I, but women need to know, and people need to know that people with a vagina need more time before they can have comfortable penetration. Cause otherwise it can be uncomfortable or painful. Um, we don't have enough time to get natural lubrication going. Those things are important. Um, and then that third phase is orgasm. So desire arousal orgasm. I've talked to lots and lots of women, um, who have never had an orgasm or maybe they, they come in the private shopping room and they're like, I don't know if I've had an orgasm. And if you don't know, then you probably haven't. And so I, a vibrator and some alone time is what I always recommend for people who are struggling to reach an orgasm, because if you're relying on somebody else to figure out your body, it's not going to work, right? You can't tell somebody how to get somewhere if you've never been there yourself. And so it's so important to figure out what feels good for you and learn your body. So then you can communicate that and tell somebody how to, how to get you to. Either an orgasm or just pleasure, right? I think focusing on the orgasm sometimes can be too much too. So just taking that back and focusing on pleasure. So that's, oh, I mean, no. broad strokes. Those are broad strokes. We go deeper at the party, but <laughs> broad strokes on the sexual assault. Yeah.
0: That's I mean, that's I mean, that's very helpful. I think it's um I think I like said something like men have to think less for sex and we women have to think so much to like achieve.
1: That's a good now. Enna- yes, absolutely. Right. And it's easy. They can just turn it off. But like we, 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 yeah, man, <laughs> Yeah, me. there's so much
0: mental stimulation. I mean, I'm an avid reader and I read a lot of what people would call smut now or erotica <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. And so like, <laughs> I feel like, no, I do feel like for a there is so much, um, Uh, expectation now because we have all these book boyfriends and they're like and it's it's all the small details and I try to like explain that to my fiance I'm like well you know you like you just have to like put your hand like above the door and like lean in on me (laughs) or things like that but I just think like with the the type of books that are like very popular now and then TikTok especially because a lot of people are doing like reenactments of these things or like just talking about it or like posting examples of what that looks like it does raise the bar a little bit, but that mental stimulation is like so important because it's all of those non-sexual yes. sexual things that are very stimulating.
1: Okay. But can we talk about the other bar that's being raised with porn? Can I just can I just <laughs> yes. because I feel for a long time it's been a male-dominated bar, right? Like they're watching and, and, and this is generalization. This is not every male and every porn, right? But like um, I, I feel like it's, it's been, and I just, I think back to, I did a ball state party and this girl came in and I forget what she asked. It was something that, that like somebody had learned from porn. It was something that I'm like, that that's a porn thing. Like that's, that's not like every time you don't have to do Oh man, what was it? It it had, I think it had something to do with ejaculation, like where he was ejaculating, like, like she felt like it had to be on her or something like that. And I just, so I think like people are watching porn and it the porn industry is meant to be for entertainment. Right. And same thing with like our books, all this stuff is meant for entertainment, but it does plant seeds and it gets us creative. And I think When we are creative, that's good. If we can communicate our wants and needs instead of, like you said, setting those expectations of like, it has to be this way and you have to be standing in this light or say these words with this accent, (laughs) which is good for role play.
0: Yeah, I... Definitely see like the switch in porn. Like it was, I feel like it was by males for males and women mm-hmm. were just included. And now there's like, it's both and there's a lot of different, and the female gaze is very big. Um, but it that actually brought something up in me because I um, I want to say it's Billie Eilish. She like said that she had a porn addiction. And I think John Mayer said the same thing. But I think um, like they started watching porn very early and it gives you like that unrealistic expectation, kind of what you're talking about. And mm-hmm. it was like they had to keep watching. I don't want to say stranger because I'm not king shaming. Yeah. Like just more yeah. adventurous types um, to the point where like they couldn't achieve like an orgasm or, or a uh, pleasure because it was like, they were like, that's boring now. Like I've already seen it. So yeah, yeah. I think those There's two both had to come out about that.
1: There's a really good movie about that with um, the guy from, Oh, Joseph, Joseph Gordon. Love it. And then, Oh, I'll think of the show. It was, it's a really good movie about porn addiction that I totally forget. Anyways. But no, it's very real. And it does. And it just, yeah, keeps raising that bar higher and higher and higher, which can be scary. I mean, it's good to get that information out there so that people know. Oh, there's also, I'll plant this seed. There's a really good um feminist porn site. I say feminist, it's a women-owned and um female, what would you say? Like it's geared towards female. Um, I'm not using the right words. Porn site is Belisa, B-E-L-L-E-S-A, and it's fantastic. It's more realistic is, I, I think, what I'm trying to say. Like, it's like the women are um, natural bodies and um, like the the actors, I, I think, act more a little bit more real. It's a little bit more realistic, we'll say. Yeah. yeah, I think that's important, though. I mean, again, those expectations,
0: especially there are young girls who are watching porn and that's fine, but then they do like, they don't find their pleasure because they watch, you know, they've watched what was, have been out there. And so they think like, okay. okay, this is just what it is. And this is what I need to do. And they don't learn. So I think, I think it's very important to have those available because people yeah. think like, okay, they shouldn't do it. Like, that's not true. That's how I feel about sex talk. I mean, like they're going to have sex. We have to talk about it and yeah. they're not, we're not helping anyone by not having the conversation or having that material available.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: I think I saw like on your link tree, you have a link tree. Yeah. Okay. I think you said, you had a video at least about, um, and this like is a complete spin about like talking to your child about, yes. about sex or something like that. And that's just kind of like a spin off of that. I just think it's so important. And you know, this country, we just have so much taboo and shame around sex talk and it is a big part of what we are and who we are. So um, I think that's great also.
1: And that website, so it's amaze, A-M-A-Z-E.org. Um, and it's a it's, it's a combination of videos, but I, what I like about it is they're very short videos and they're quick topics. So like gender expression or um, puberty or sexuality, um, just all, all these different things that kids might have questions about. And you can watch that video. You can sit down and watch like a three minute video with them and then just be like, what questions do you have and move on? Like, it's not, I, I think... <laughs> I get a lot of questions about how do I talk to my kid about this? When do I sit down and have the talk? And my answer to that is always never. Like if you sit down and tell a kid, like, we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about sex, like that doesn't feel good or right. <laughs> like that's terrifying. But if you create a open, safe space and say, Hey, here's some, like, like, so from the time I have two daughters, I have an eight-year-old um, and now a three-year-old. and from the time they're little, we've used correct body terms and correct body parts and they know all those things. So then if they have questions, they can use the correct terms. Um, and just, I answer the questions as they come. So when my eight-year-old asked when I was pregnant, like, how's that baby going to come out? And I was like, well, babies can either come out of the vagina or a doctor will cut them out of the stomach. She's like, cool, let's play Superwoman." I'm like, okay. And like, it just went, it wasn't, she had no more questions, right? So I didn't have to explain anything more than the question that she asked. And I think if we can create that safe space and guide to resources with our kids, not only will they trust us more, but we're gonna create a whole new world of people who are confident in their bodies and who won't need to come to a pure romance party and ask questions about their bodies and about sex because they'll already know, which would put me out of a job, but I'd be okay with it. <laughs>
0: No, I don't think you'll ever be on a job. You make it fun. It's still a good time, whether you're teaching or not. But I think that, yeah, that's so important. My daughter was actually in the room when I delivered my son because she went and I, I remember like someone was like, well, I mean, normally we have them stand at the head of the bed. And I was like, no, like we watch videos like she wants to see this delivery. And she did. She was five and she sat through the whole thing. And um, I mean, I mean, it wasn't it didn't even become a big thing after that, but she was prepared. And so I think it's great for them to learn.
1: That is beautiful. That's really, really cool.
0: (laughs) Thanks. Yeah, we watched a couple like like videos, and she was—I mean, she wasn't disgusted or anything—and like, I mean, she just sat there. And luckily, I delivered him pretty quickly, and so she just watched. And
1: that's amazing.
0: So I want to get into the whole shebang because I'm very excited. And like, just tell me, like, where did this thought come from, and what has that been like to get it all together?
1: Yeah. So, oh my gosh, I let's take it all the way back. So, um, years ago, I don't even know how many years ago, was it like 2018? Maybe. Um, I was sitting in my office, no pants on working on Facebook as I do as I'm wearing pants today, just so you know, um, <laughs> just for you. So I was chilling. And then on Facebook, it popped up and it said that WIBU was meeting and there would be free Texas roadhouse rolls and so i put on my pants for some texas roadhouse rolls and i went to wibu and um watasha barnes griffin was talking and she is so amazing and she was talking about um her topic was if you could do anything scared what would it be if you could do anything like just even though you're scared still do it what would it be and i stood up and i said i would create a um, I think at that time I said, I would create a sexual health event to showcase the resources for Muncie. And she's like, then do it. And I said, okay, Watasha. And I sat down and I'm like, how the, do I do it? <laughs> like, I don't understand what, okay, I'll do it. But like, what do I do? And just putting that out there after that meeting, I had five women come up to me and say, I would be interested in being a part of that. I, you need to talk to so-and-so you need to talk to so-and-so. And And they just, women are amazing, right? Like we, we see someone who needs help or we see someone who wants something. And we're like, how can, how can we help with this? And so um, I started meeting with um, Peggy Sonova and um, she became my business advisor. And I started telling her that i I had been to events in Cincinnati um, that were through Pure Romance where they brought in doctors and they had like a panel of women. They had like a gynecological um, oncologist and they had um, somebody who just like amazing doctors for women who answered questions about menopause and menstrual situations and um, all these things. And I'm like, we need this in Muncie. Like we have to have this. And so then I started looking around and I'm like, okay, what resources does Muncie have? And at that time we had nothing. (laughs) I mean, we, we did, but like, not, not like we do now. So we didn't have, or so we did have, um, I, I started going to my mom's doctor's visits with her. Um, she was having some urology issues and so I went to the urologist and I'm like where like where do you send people when they have pelvic floor problems and they didn't have an answer and I'm like okay um where do you send people when they have like hormone problems like challenges and they're like well they just go to their doctor I'm like okay so that's not an answer and <laughs> I'm like like digging trying to find these things and there weren't like resources and so um I created a couple of events with Ball State that were um like one was pretty much like we brought in Meridian Health for STD testing and we brought in, so it was a lot of sexual health awareness, um, but not necessarily women's health. So the, um, there were some good resources there and we did a couple of events, smaller events. Um, I worked with an immersive learning class at Ball State. So I got to learn kind of how to create these style events and find people and resources. Um, and then, Brianne and I. So I so I met Brianne, um, who is um an amazing pelvic floor therapist here in Muncie. And she started her practice and I was so excited because I'm like, this is like this is it. This is the resource that I, I sent so many people to her, so many people, um, because so many women need pelvic floor help. It's it's crazy. Um, so I started talking with her. We did a um talk at WIBU this past April. A year ago, wow. Um and she talked about pelvic floor health. I talked about sexual health. We kind of intermingled them. At the very end of that, I said, we want to do a women's health fair. Who would be interested? And I had people fill out the survey and we got a way larger response than anticipated. Um and then I forgot about it for like six months. And <laughs> life took over life did its thing. Um, and then I had so Beth and River. Um, reach out to me. So River Lynn and Beth Scholler reached out to me and they said, Hey, we were at your talk in April and you talked about a woman's fair that's still happening. And I was like, well, yes, I, I guess it is. And, um, so they were kind of the, the push that, um, needed to happen. And then Brittany, um, formerly Scott, now Brittany Lewis, um, jumped was well, she was like part of the planning. And then, um, Christy Baker, um, is part of the planning. So now we have these five women who we come from different, um, businesses all in the Muncie community who know different people. And so we're like gathering all these resources and, um, and we all are on the same page that Muncie just needs a place for women to learn about their resources and to, again, like feel safe and feel validated and feel like they're not alone and also have fun. It's going to be a really fun event. We're going to have some drinks and food and entertainment. We have um, Muncie's belly dance troupe coming in, um, Troop Rebellion. They are fantastic. They're going to do a couple of performances. We have um, some really good presenters. So Dominice is going to be speaking about PCOS. So we have, um, somebody talking about Enneagrams, so like personal development. We have somebody talking about, um, actually, no, I don't think the Enneagram, sorry, we have a booth for Enneagram. We have um, a presenter speaking about like organizing your home and how that can help your mental health. We have, um, Kat, um, formerly Knox. I can't think of her last name now. Blanken Chip, Blanken is that right? Um, We'll be speaking and closing the event. We just, it's going to be so good. So there's over 20 vendors, um, all different health and there'll be like breast cancer, like teaching how to look for breast cancer exams. Um, Oh my gosh. I feel like I need a list to read, but anyways, watch the event. There's so many good things. So, so many good things that will be at the, at the whole shebang, the women's wellness expo.
0: Yeah, I'm very excited to see, to do it and see it and be a part of it. So I think that's great and a lot of work I know. So I'm very proud of you guys. I think it's great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So have you had any struggles that you felt like you run into over like the course of this career?
1: (laughs) Um, Oh man, when you sent me that question, it was not a good time for me to be answering that question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, like I was like reading through your questions before and my kids are screaming and we just got done with a birthday party. So they're all sugared up and, and I'm like, well, the struggle is right here, right now. Like this, this yeah. Um, it's so funny. I think like thinking about struggles as an entrepreneur, they, it's almost like the reason why I do this business is also my struggle with this business. And what I mean by that is like, the reason that I am an entrepreneur is so I can control my schedule and work when I want to work and, um, be with my family and, and put them first, right? Like I family first, always to me, family is not just the first thing. It's the only thing like that is to me, everything. Um, and it hasn't always been that way. So I had my business first, I had my business like at 21 and then I didn't have my daughter until I was 29. And so I had eight years of this business and then you throw a family into it and my priorities shift and my values shift and everything. And so now I'm like before my main goal was money, right? Like I'm like, I'm doing this business for money. I'm doing this business to help people. I'm doing this business to like have fun. And, and now I have this family that was requiring more of my attention. So then my why shifted. And I'm like, okay, I'm doing this so I can spend time with my family. And it's similar, but now I also have this family and they are a challenge. (laughs) So these people that I'm doing this business for are also preventing me from doing my business. I don't, it's, it's confusing. Um, and I think my mind shifted a lot on the idea of balance and consistency when I had my kids, because before them i could do whatever i wanted when i wanted and so consistency was very easy for me because i could i could control my life <laughs> um i'm not saying that you lose control when you have a family but you do um and <laughs> i i had to adjust my mindset on consistency just meant touching my business every day not necessarily at the same time not necessarily um waking up earlier to get things done because sometimes your kids wake up early and then you can't. And then, so there's like this feeling of, I should have done this. And I, and then like that guilt and that shame will hold you down. And so I've had to let go of a lot of expectations, um, and, and just live and live and know that I'm doing the best that I can every day with my family, with my business, with myself, um, and giving myself grace and not feeling like, I have to do um, what I should do. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. No, there's a lot of guilt. I mean, I get it too. At one point last year, I was working three jobs, including my business. Yeah. And then, you know, I mean, I have two kids also and a fiance. So I get like the guilt all the way around. But yeah, I mean, I'm the same way. I, I prioritize like family time and I'll do a lot. On a lot of days, but like when I'm off, I'm off and this is our time. And and I always like remind myself and other people, you know, I'm like, I don't want to be in business and be like drowning in my business. I want to do it so that I have that freedom. So I 100% get what you're saying.
1: I think being adaptable is more important than anything. And when you're an entrepreneur, people push like that. and And maybe it's just my industry where it's like, um, there's a lot of talk on that consistency and balance, right? Like everything should be balanced. And I, I, I secretly like hate that word balance. Cause I don't think they're, I I think it's bullshit, right? Like even if you are walking on a tight rope, you are never perfectly balanced. You're swaying from side to side to not fall off. That's life, right? Like we're not perfectly walking this balanced. Like we're just swaying, trying not to fall off the fucking rope. Like, <laughs> every day. But no, I think adaptability, like being adaptable and, um, like as a business owner, your kid gets sick. Like you don't get a sick day. You don't get paid if you're not working. Right. Like, so there's like little things like that, where you're like, okay, now I'm going to take this day, but then I have to work this day or like just being adaptable and, and asking for help. Oh my goodness. Asking for help. I have so hard. Lots, lots of villages of helpers because, it is hard. It's so hard. You think like, I'm superwoman. I can do it all. But we have to, we have to ask for help sometimes. So let's see what your business goals are. So in the next year or a couple of years. Yeah. Um, so my business goals for pure romance, just to stay. At, it's so I feel like pure romance has been such a gift in my life because it has allowed me to. Do things like the whole shebang and to spend time with my family and to volunteer in aspects that if I had a Monday through Friday nine to five job, I wouldn't be able to find value in those other things. Um, so my pure romance goal is just that I continue um booking parties and growing my team and per, um, having that consistent income that allows me to do all of those things. So um just continuing that. Um in a year, I would love for the whole shebang to double, though, so because that's an annual event. This year we have 22 vendors. I would love to have like upwards of 50, which we need a bigger space. If anybody knows a bigger space, <laughs> we're looking. Um, yeah, because I, I think it would be very easy to do, to double, because we actually had to turn away some vendors this last time because our space was too small and we had so much interest. Um, And then five year, my five year goal, I'm not going to give all the details because it's still in the, um, uh, planning stages, but I would love to create like a sexual health advocacy and education program for our community. Um, and like specifically in like the medical, so like nursing homes and, um, like those types of facilities where, this topic is incredibly taboo, but like you said, like it's happening. People are doing the things. If we don't talk about it, that doesn't make it go away. <laughs>
0: right? Yes, um, I mean, I think you know, like you know, people get old, they retire, they go to Florida. Florida, um, like not nursing homes, but like senior living communities, have like the highest rate of STDs. They, they do. do, and it's do. no one talks to them about it because they're like, "I'm seventy, I don't have to worry about that." Yeah, you do.
1: Right? Yeah. Yeah. Now you may not have. Like have to worry about pregnancy. Cool. Hopefully. But <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah. I mean, it is. Yeah, the high yeah, so
0: That would be great.
1: And it's that good for your health great. too. I think talking yes. about like like that love of your body is good for your health too. It can prolong life and boost your immune system. I'm just saying, we want healthier people. Give them vibrators, everybody.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> So the last like part or question that I typically ask is a piece of advice, whether it's on your business or being in business in general, or anything that's on your heart to tell us.
1: Um, I wrote down two things. So the first is trust your intuition, especially women, trust your gut. We know we freaking know things. And I think we question ourselves and we second guess ourselves and we listen to the world too much. Um, trust your gut, sit in silence for a minute, ask questions and sit in silence. We are so distracted, all of us. Right. Um, and I'm talking to people who are listening to a podcast, turn it off. (laughs) Just kidding. No, (laughs) sit in silence for a minute. Um, but trust your intuition. I think that's really big. And then the other two things I wrote, um, for advice, and this is just because I think more people need to know research the clitoris and research the vagus nerve. These are two things that I think not enough people know things about. So the clitoris research, the full anatomy of the clitoris watch. There's a um, really great Netflix series called principles of pleasure. It's like three episodes. And they talk about the full anatomy of the clitoris and why it wasn't discussed until after 1993. um, And even in medical literature, like crazy stuff like that. Um, And then the vagus nerve. I love because it controls everything. And I think um, I've been reading this book called think like a monk and they talk about the vagus nerve and how chanting and um, humming and singing and these things can actually like lower your cortisol levels and affect like everything in your body. And so I think the yeah, that's my advice. Research the vagus nerve, research the clitoris and trust your gut. (laughs) I I mean, I know what the vagus nerve
0: is, but I don't know about it apparently. So I'm going to have to go research it good stuff. It's good stuff. Yeah. So where all can people find you or about the whole shebang or what, what info do you want to drop for them?
1: My website is my link tree. And so it has everything that I do that I'm involved. I have a YouTube channel that is ancient, but the information is still relevant. (laughs) Um, I look very different now. Um, it's www dot felicia com so f-a-l-i-s-h-a-j-e-a-n.com my pure romance website is on there the whole shebang website is on there um yeah everything everything I'm getting ready to put um scrap cycle on there I don't know if you guys compost Muncie has a um composting service that is free or very cheap (laughs) um and so yeah I'm gonna put a link to that on there too because it's good stuff yay save the earth Okay. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Thank you. I appreciate you very much for asking me on
0: here. Oh, no problem. So when do ticket sales end for the whole shebang? General tickets
1: are free.
0: So that was Felicia. Like I said, she's fun. She's a really great time. I met her last year at a women's luncheon and she sat down with me because I do women's hormone therapy, which is a common concern of many of the uh, the people that she meets at her parties. And so I love following her. She's so much fun and she does a great job with pure romance. If you've never been to a pure romance party, please go to one or host one because I think it's a wonderful, fun time and it's very educational. At least with Felicia, she does a great job. Um, I think it's very important for us to talk about this topic. This country has such a taboo when it comes to anything related to sex and so many people have questions, so many people suffer alone, so many couples are mismatched which can be corrected or helped if they just find the right person to talk about. So whether it's a sex educator, a sex therapist, a Hormone, um provider for men or women. Both of those are very important. Um, Felicia mentioned the whole shebang, which is a convention or conference that she and a few good other people she mentioned are putting on in Yorktown, Indiana on April 1st. Um, I believe doors open at 11 if you have general tickets, which are free. There are VIP tickets as well. They may still be on sale um, the date that this posts, Um, but those will come with a few bonus and you can get in a little earlier, but that Event, I believe is from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. in Yorktown, Indiana, and I am going to be presenting. I will be there presenting on PCOS, just a short 15-minute presentation, but it is a common, common, common thing I treat in women at my clinic. So, if you are interested in learning more about myself, learning more about PCOS, meeting Felicia, meeting all her friends, all of the amazing, amazing vendors that are going to be there, please come and attend the whole shebang. Um, if not, I'm sure there will be tons of information out following the event. So you can go on Facebook um, and look up the whole shebang and follow that event. You can find Felicia Jean Lewis on Facebook. She does have a link tree that I'm going to tag in the show notes. I will also tag information about the whole shebang. Um, I really enjoyed talking with her. Again, I'm probably going to have her back and like dive into something specific with her. So look for more to come. And as always, thank you guys for listening. You can follow me um, on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at RejuvenateMunty or visit the website www.RejuvenateMunty.com. You can listen to the podcast there and find out more about me and my services. Have a great day, guys.